Welcome to Australian Hiker, your online hiking resource. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 131 of the Australian Hiker podcast. And in this week's episode, it's Australian Hiker's third birthday. Yay! So on the 11th of November uh, uh, 2016, we uh, launched Australian Hiker, uh, both the podcast and the uh, website. And um, over the last three years, we've certainly had uh, a lot of uh, a fairly large learning curve, uh, and we've certainly learned a lot and we've enjoyed what we've been doing. So in this episode, we're going to be doing an overview of how the last 12 months has gone. We're going to talk about where we're heading to over the next year as far as the website and the podcast is concerned. Uh, and at the request of a few of our listeners, we're going to talk about some of the, uh, the aspects of getting the podcast to air. We hope you enjoy. Okay, so the first thing we're going to look at is the podcast itself, the Australian Hiker Podcast. Now, the Australian Hiker Podcast is the longest-running and most downloaded hiking podcast in Australia. And over the past year, we've reached a few few milestones from our perspective. Uh, this episode is episode 131, uh, and it's actually our, our 132nd episode uh, as we did have a an episode zero, which was a, just a very short episode that told people what we were about. Yeah. <laughs> it was the episode that you have when you're not having an episode. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And and I must admit, it's uh, we sort of cringe when we listen back on, on, in that very first episode. It was only a few minutes long, um, but it was very obviously we were reading the text and it was a very, very sharp learning curve for even, us at that stage. Even when we weren't reading the text, it seemed like we were reading the text. Okay, so... Uh, since we launched in 2016, uh, our podcast has now been downloaded over 340,000 times. Um, it's been downloaded in over 140 countries. Uh, and our top 10 countries for those that are interested, with the obvious one being Australia at number one, United States, United Kingdom in New Zealand, uh, and then surprisingly enough, Japan and then Canada. So I would have almost expected all the English-speaking countries to be in the top uh, top ones, but Japan pips out Canada in that respect. They, they must love that Aussie accent. I think so. <laughs> uh, after Japan, we then have Germany, France, and Vietnam. Now, Vietnam might be a strange one to a lot of people, thinking why, what is so special about Vietnam? Uh, but when you think about it, uh, Osprey has their factory in Vietnam uh, and there are a number of other hiking manufacturers that operate out of Vietnam as well. So it's not unexpected that Vietnam is in that list. One other comment I would make about the, uh, the podcast um, is... We've talked about the the overall number of episodes, you know, and and again we we uh, are really happy with the number of downloads we've had this year, uh, and in fact we've we've actually had two hundred and four thousand downloads this year, which is more than we expected, uh, particularly given the way that podcast downloads are measured has changed quite dramatically in the industry this year. 
not something that you as hikers tend to need to know, um, but we expected a, a reasonable drop-off uh, as a result of the change in measurements. Uh, and if anything, it, it went the other way. We got a, a quite a large increase. Um, so certainly we're really happy with that. Our audience is 89% Australian, which is understandable with a name like the Australian Hiker Podcast. Uh, and one thing that probably for us says something is that from a download perspective in the first month of release, we, as the Australian Hiker Podcast, sit within the top 15 to 20% of all podcasts worldwide, not just hiking podcasts. That is just amazing. When I when I saw that, I just thought, wow, that is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, who would have thought? If you'd listened to episode zero, <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> One final thing I would say in the podcast this year is uh, uh, for the first couple of years we were hosted on SoundCloud uh, and we changed over to Podbean uh, more from a logistical point of view in the background. Um, it doesn't really mean too much to people if you're listening uh, online, uh, but if you have been listening through SoundCloud and noticed that there seems to be less episodes being produced, it's because we're not adding new episodes to SoundCloud all our new episodes are going onto Podbean, uh, which flow through to things like Apple Podcasts and, and all the other hosting services as well. In relation to the website, uh, we've released 130 trail reviews. Uh, and something we've said over the last couple of years, we are never going to have thousands and thousands of uh, trail reviews on our, uh, our website. And I suppose because what we actually do is actually a review. We walk uh, and take photos and tell you about our experiences on the the trails themselves. Yeah, and it's also about getting there and getting back and um, what you need to to do it well. And I think the uh, the thing with that is it's um, it's it's one of those things that uh, um, uh, we. Uh, Canberra-based, as many of you are aware, so a lot of our hikes have certainly been in the Australian Capital Territory and in the surrounding regions. Uh, I think we still have about four more hikes left to do in Canberra. Uh, Who would have thought that? <laughs> and uh, the thing that, by sheer accident more than anything else, the last four walks that we've got left to do are all around about the uh, the 15 to 20 kilometre mark. And I must admit, I don't particularly want to be doing walks that length in the middle of summer in that end of Namaji National Park. So it may be that we don't finish those off until sort of partway through next year. But we are starting to spread out into New South Wales. Um, and we now have trail reviews in every Australian state and territory. And I'll be upfront here, you know, in, in some of the states, it's only a sort of two or three. Uh, but certainly for us, this is a long-term thing. Uh, and over the next three, four, five years, we will certainly start getting more and more into the other states uh, as um, uh, logistics allow us to, to, to do a number of hikes in each of those states. And then, of course, I guess at some point we have to go back and revisit <laughs> yeah, and and I, and I think I think one of the things I'd say there is um, uh, we do try and go through and check the the uh, the trail reviews every so often, and this and this goes for every article that we do on both the blog uh, or, or through the blog. Um, and I'll give you an example here. There's a couple of hikes that we've got listed up in Queensland where there were some fires that went through earlier this year, uh, and that has impacted on those uh, those walks. 
so we need to be able to sort of put a little bit, a bit of a, an advisory text in there saying, please note fires have gone through here in the last year. Uh, so the experience that you see may actually be different. Uh, and as you know, as we're recording this, there are some fairly major fires impacting on uh, New South Wales in particular, um, and uh, it's it's one of those and things, Queensland and Queensland as well. And it's one of those things that you know sometimes you just don't have much control. Um, and while we have reviewed and done the walks, things certainly change. But uh, if people tell us that things have changed or varied, uh, we'll sort of make the adjustments where we can. Uh, we've done 302 gear reviews, uh, and so really that's averaged at around about 100 a year, uh, and we'll talk about where we're taking that over the next 12 months. We've also done 146 general articles on hiking practice, safety, uh, recipes, uh, definitions, and fitness. Um, and um, these, uh, these sort of uh, uh, reviews do take a reasonable amount of time. As far as the trail reviews are concerned, uh, by the time it takes us to actually drive to the site, do the walk, drive back home again, do the write-up, um, edit the photos, uh, and then um, go through and put the whole lot together, it actually takes takes me probably around about three to four hours in total. Um, the actual text is, is, is the fairly minimal sort of part. It's just bringing it all together. One of the things that you may note uh, that has changed with the website only over the last week or two has been the inclusion of a new map in our trail review site. Um, and this is a map that has pins that take you to the starting destination of a hike. Uh, and what this means is that rather than having to know that um, uh, ACT is probably pretty easy, you know where the walks are, they're, they're in a fairly confined area. But you know, if you're looking at reviews for walks in New South Wales, New South Wales is a pretty big state, uh, and it's nice to know that you're in a particular area of the state, and you can go to that area and see if we've got any walks reviewed. And and, and by no means, you know, get, there are thousands of walks uh, throughout Australia, um, so it's highly unlikely that we're ever going to get all of them. Uh, but you you can be sort of guaranteed that. The what you're reading is 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 reality. It's not just something that's been copied and pasted from somebody else's website. So, they gear reviews, the trail reviews, uh, and the general articles all take a, a long time to put together. Um, and I suppose to give you an idea, um, the average amount of time that I would spend on the uh, the podcast and the website is probably around about 20 hours a week and that doesn't include the walks uh, and Jill's time is sort of on top of that as well uh, and she certainly does uh, quite a lot but it varies sometimes she may not have much input into it other times she's doing quite a lot of the reviews or the write-ups it just depends on her, her work schedule more than anything else yeah well it's a little bit hard for me to review um, or do a write-up of male hiking clothing Tim <laughs> <laughs> Or size fifteen hiking shoes. So, so there are some limitations there, you know. Yeah, and we will talk about what's happening over the next year on that that basis as well. It's the sort of thing that um, you know we really have fallen. Or I, in particular, have really fallen in love with that with the website and and the podcast. Um, and I'm just looking at ways that we can improve what we're doing, uh, and ways that we can do more of what we're doing as well. 
So before we start to look forward, um, can we have a look at um, the highs and lows of the last year? Um, I'll leave some of them. Actually, before we go too much in detail on that, I'll leave the highs and the lows in the podcast uh, in particular because we're going to talk about getting the podcast to air uh, more specifically. The highs and lows for the year for me, um, I must admit, I I have done a variety of walks this year and certainly our big walk for this year was the Human Hovel Track. Uh, and, and I suppose a low for me in that respect was not being able to finish the track this year as a complete through hike. We will be doing that uh, that walk or finishing the remainder of that walk uh, early next year. Um, but it was a bit disappointing from my point of view that I, I didn't manage to actually complete it uh, all in one go. Yeah, but the highs, we're definitely seeing all of those terrestrialis orchids on the human hovel track. I mean, that was pretty impressive. So, not you know, not diminishing the fact that you didn't finish the full 400 and something kilometres, but those orchids were amazing. That, for me, probably was the only real low of uh, uh, of what we were doing this year. Uh, and, yeah, and apart from the, the orchids that Jill mentioned, Jill, Jill really does love orchids, and that was her first job out of uni, was, uh, was working with orchids at the Australian National Botanic Garden. So it's... Um, there has been quite a lot of highs, and I've enjoyed a number of the shorter walks that we've done that might only be um, five or six kilometres or even even one we did last weekend, which was out to Marble Arch in Dewar National Park. That was an enjoyable walk. It really was. Um, and it's the sort of thing that uh, sometimes you enjoy something that you're not necessarily expecting that you're going to go through and like. Yeah, so I'd, I'd agree with all of that and, you know, it does depend on where you are in the moment and, and what you're seeing. Um, we did have some um, interesting responses to some of our uh, gear reviews. Um, probably the most controversial one that we had was the P-Bowl. That definitely got people talking to us um, about why on earth you, would you do this. And uh, so to refresh your memory... Uh, pee bowl was a bag of gel uh, and essentially you pee in the bag um, and uh, it um, absorbs the urine and uh, you can reseal the bag and you can use the bag several times. Um, for hikers, that probably isn't such a big issue or a big need and certainly a lot of our hikers told us that and said, why on earth wouldn't you just go in the bush? And yes, yes, you could, but sometimes people don't want to do that. Um, but it is one of those things that I still think is good for um, travellers, um, for remote workers um, who don't have easy access to toilet facilities. So it has a lot of application, but it definitely did get people talking. I, I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> The other positive from our perspective as well is um, we we find that on average uh, with the you know things things like the pee bowl that Jill just mentioned, which was as I said is the probably it's an aberration the most, is probably the most controversial review we've done. Um, but uh, I think the uh, the positive response we get from um, from people on the reviews that we do, um, the gear reviews that we go through and do, uh, I, I've done for a couple of reasons. One, it's because I. I probably more so than Jill need a new pair of new piece of gear, um, and I want constantly, to, uh, constantly, <laughs> yep. And I'm trying, I'm, I'm always trying things out, and there's new product on the market as well. 
So for a lot of our reviews, particularly in the first um, two and a half years, we uh, we purchased the gear ourselves uh, and I ended up using it. So I have about eight pairs of shoes sitting downstairs in the cupboard uh, that are still well and truly usable. Um, but you know, if, if I ever stopped doing the blog, I think I've got enough shoes to last me for the rest of my life. Um, but yeah, we, we find that uh, the other, other thing with the gear reviews as well is, uh, and this is another positive from our perspective, we've gained a lot more credibility within the industry. Uh, and we're finding now that a lot of manufacturers and distributors are actually contacting us to do reviews. Um, and we certainly will do reviews of not everything, but just about everything that people ask. Um, and people have commented that a lot of our reviews tend to be positive. Um, there has been a couple of products that I've reviewed that I've given them such poor scores, not from a safety perspective. I didn't think they were much uh, use from a hiking perspective. And as a result, uh, I didn't actually post them up online uh, as opposed to putting a, a really bad review online. I must admit, if uh, something comes up and it's a, a really unsafe piece of equipment, and that's pretty rare these days, that things like that tend not to happen these days, I will certainly review it uh, just to let people know. Um, but certainly, uh, there's always tends to be positives with gear, um, but whether I would actually use it is is another matter. And but- I think the thing is about the gear reviews is that we're doing this from a personal perspective, and we do say this a lot that if this doesn't suit us, it might suit someone else. So what we do is we look for um, the kind of circumstances, the kind of people that it might suit. So I think that's why it looks a little bit positive. It's because we're trying to be helpful. Um, and these are good products and, you know, whatever it is in whatever range you, you're looking at. And there is something for everyone. It just might not be for us. So, you know, think about the positive in the context of a particular user who may not be you, but may get greater value out of it. Now, as far as next year is concerned, we have a number of plans in place um, uh, about where we're taking Australian Hiker. Now, this year we did release 45 episodes um, in the podcast, and that for us, is quite a lot given the amount of time that it takes to get a podcast to air. Uh, Typically, by the time I go through and write it up, uh, go through and record, edit, and then post, it's around about a 10-hour process. Um, They do vary. Sometimes they're a bit shorter than that, uh, but usually it's not too much shorter. And as a result, um, we originally planned to do three episodes a month, uh, which would basically give us around about the 36 episodes a year Uh, and as I said doing that extra nine episodes um, is something we're not necessarily planning on doing next year you know so in 2020 it will be somewhere between the 36 to sort of 40-ish episode mark that really is going to depend as far as the podcast is concerned, we have done a lot of interviews this year, uh, and partly that's because I've had people approach me about interviewing, uh, but it's also because um, I suppose I've gained a bit more in confidence that I'm happy to actually con- uh, contact people I've had no no interaction with before and say, this is who we are, uh, and I think our reputations become good enough where I haven't had anyone knock me back on 
on actually doing a podcast. So um, I do still have two more interviews left to go between now and the end of 2019, uh, one which will occur next week, and we'll talk about that at the end of the episode, uh, as well as a second episode, which I'm recording uh, over the next few days. And again, this is an overseas interview. Um, and when we talk about producing podcasts in a minute, there are some logistical nightmares that sometimes go with that, um, that have caused me to change the way I do things this year. In relation to the hikes for next year, um, over the last couple of years, we, we've left it to probably about three months out before telling people what we're doing. We decided this next year, we're, going, we're just going to be upfront about what we're doing next year. So um, the plan is at Easter next year uh, to finish off the remainder of the human hovel track. Uh, we've got about approximately 116 kilometres. Uh, so Easter's a good time weather-wise and also uh, uh, time off to be able to finish that off. And my big hike, and this is something that Jill doesn't necessarily want to do uh, late in the year, is the Australian Alps walking track. Um, I did a section of that at Easter this year uh, as part of a, a taste test and a bit of a to, an, indica- to an indication of what it would be like to do that track. And while I did only do one section, it it, it helped to provide me a bit of, with a bit of overview uh, and things to to go forward with for the planning phase over the next twelve months. Yeah, I think on that one, I might I might be the car support on that one, maybe. <laughs> Or the food drop or something like that. Or I might just stay home and, you know, do something pleasant, Tim. <laughs> and strangely enough, the doing one of the reasons we actually did the human hovel track this year is because it did require us to do food caching, uh, to drop food off in the middle of nowhere and, and collect it on the way through. And that's certainly something that needs to be done on the Australian Alps walking track. So for, for me, at least, the uh, uh, the human hovel track was a bit of a, a, a testing point just to see how logistics go. Gear-wise, gear reviews, uh, in the next, in 2020, the plan is to do 150 reviews. Um, and for me, that means being a bit more uh, organised and coordinated about how we do things. Um, and we're trying to get a good mix of reviews. So as an example, I've got... Uh, my books between now and the end of 2020 sitting there by the side of my bed uh, to go through and do reviews on. And the aim is to do about one book review a month. But we want to try and get a good mixture of gear. And as we, as Jill mentioned earlier on, uh, one of the, the weaknesses over the last couple of years has been female-centred clothing. So we're trying to remedy that over the next 12 months. Yeah, and not just with the, the female clothing but all other uh, types of hiking gear and across a number of different brands. Um, we've had a, a really good response from uh, the suppliers and uh, they're, they're quite keen uh, to uh, provide gear for us to test out. And um, I should say that on the reviews that we do, none of the, uh, the wholesalers um, or the producers of the gear uh, either – ask for or have the opportunity to um, vet the articles and vet the reviews that we do. Um, that's not part of the conversation that we enter into with them. Um, and to be honest, if if that's what we want, we, we would be a little bit suspicious about that. Um, we try to be helpful in identifying uh, the kind of hiker who would be most interested 
um, in the gear that we've reviewed. So while it might not be for us, um, sometimes it is, sometimes it does, it isn't. Um, we we don't want anybody editing what we're doing. Now on to the uh, the podcast production side of things. And again, many people may not be overly interested in this, but we've had enough requests that we uh, we over the last couple of years and over the last year in particular uh, about how we go through and get the podcast to air. Certainly from my perspective, there's a, there's probably uh, three components to this. The first is the equipment side of things. Uh, and each year over the last couple of years, I've spent a bit of money on upgrading the, some of the technology. Um, so now I'm using a, a new podcasting um, unit, uh, which is called a, a Rode uh, Podcaster. Um, and it just allows us to, uh, uh, to do interviews in particular that have been done overseas. And I'll talk about some of the logistical issues that I had over this last year that really drove me to buy this particular unit. So um, the first thing that you need to do is get friendly with your local, you know, upmarket music store, equipment store, um, and they know all all of this stuff and, and what will work and what won't work. There's a really interesting crossover between um, podcasting and performing musical performance um yeah so I, i've i've actually found that quite interesting having no sense of musicality whatsoever and from my perspective this year you know, the focus you know the, the while the, the equipment is is essential to go through and to be able to produce a podcast it's probably just one small component the other thing we've been trying to do with the podcast or, or we'll fo- be focusing on on the podcast this year is is the production quality. So many of you may or may not have noticed that we reduced the introductory music uh, by a number of seconds earlier this year. Um, uh, the way we started off in 2016, the views on how the introduction should go has changed. So we've, we've shortened it slightly. Uh, we've tried to become more regular in our segments that we go through and put on, uh, and this always doesn't necessarily happen. So things like hiking news, or uh, I, uh, iTunes Apple slash Apple Podcast reviews, um, uh, and uh, a number of other segments that we put on. So hiking hacks is an example. We try and forecast these on a regular basis. Doesn't always come out as where we thought they would do. Um, we try to where we can to keep the podcasts to around the thirty-minute mark, but again, it's not the sort of <laughs> doesn't thing always happen. doesn't always happen. Uh, and certainly, uh, I, I always consider that in what we're writing and what we're editing, um, just so people aren't getting bored with the conversation. The other thing from a uh, a perspective of uh, getting the podcast together is finding out what people want to hear. So I schedule podcast on what I think I would like to hear um, and usually I get it right but what does surprise me is I do episodes where I think yep this is going to do really well and they do okay and then other episodes where I think well it's a, it's a topic we need to talk about I don't think it'll get many downloads and all of a sudden it, it, it rockets through the roof and does really well so it's 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 a bit of a, a guessing game about what you as our listeners want to hear one of the things we did uh, over the last couple of weeks for our third birthday celebrations, uh, we gave people an opportunity to win a, uh, a a gift voucher from Wild Earth. And the question we asked was, what interviews do you want to hear on the Australian Hiker podcast? 
and I must admit it was quite gratifying when a number of people made suggestions that I've already got booked in or, in fact, I'm just uh, one of the episodes in particular that was requested, I'm actually doing that interview uh, this Friday. So, um, you know, people have got similar sorts of ideas about uh, what they want to hear and what I think they want to hear. The downside to that, I suppose, was um, we, having produced now the 130-odd episodes, um, people don't necessarily listen to all of them. They'll, they'll make, they might come in at episode 100 or 110 and not bother to listen to the earlier episodes. But what we did come across was people asking for episodes that we have already produced. Um, particularly in relation, as an as an example, I'll say here, uh, we had a request for uh, interviews with other hikers and a podcast on the Overland Track, and we've got a number of those episodes which are around about episode twenty. Um, and if you're not going back and listening to all those, you may not necessarily uh, realise they exist. So we we do know that we need to sort of promote our back catalogue a bit more and make people aware of what we do have available. From a getting everything together perspective, usually we try and do uh, our podcast recording on Sundays. It doesn't always work out that way. It really depends on how busy our weekend's being and what's going on. So in the case of this episode, it's recorded uh, the night before it's released because we're recording it the day after our birthday so we can sort of start quoting figures with accuracy. When I first started recording the episode back in 2016, I was staying up late and releasing the podcast at around about 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, I've now changed that. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm now actually releasing the episodes where I can uh, on Tuesday night or very early Wednesday morning, but um, I try and get them out Tuesday night. You're still Uh, staying up late, though. I'm still staying up late, but nowhere near what I used to be. Uh, So it's it's the sort of thing that... um, One of the big keys in podcast production is consistency. Uh, I know I listen to around about 11 hours of podcasts a week, uh, and if there's an episode that hasn't been released and I'm waiting for it, it does annoy me. So I try to make sure within a couple of hours the podcasts are, are produced and released on a regular basis. So you know at least 36 times a year the Australian Hiker podcast is going to be produced. Uh, We're not going to have periods of two or three or four weeks where you don't hear from us. That will never happen. Some of the logistical issues with getting the podcast to air, which drove me insane this year um, and, and, and really had forced me into buying new equipment, was a number of our overseas interviews are done by Skype. Uh, And I don't have a cabled internet uh, connection. I use Wi-Fi. And what that means is we're on the edge of uh, the the signal area, and particularly when everybody else is using the Wi-Fi signal at nighttime, um, it means we were often struggling to get Skype signal. I had two nights in a row a few months ago where I was recording. uh, I recorded two uh, podcast episodes uh, um, uh, almost over a, a two or three day period, and what it ended up happening, the signal was so bad. I ended up driving my car along with all my podcast equipment down to the school <laughs> oval, uh, and I was sitting there in the dark uh, with my computer and my microphone and my phone and everything else, uh, recording uh, in the only area that I could actually get a signal, which was in the middle of the school oval, basically. 
Um, so I've now rectified that issue. Uh, I've, I realised what the technical problems were, uh, and the uh, the new recording system that I'm using now deals with that issue really well, and it means I don't have to leave the house uh, to go through and record a, a Skype interview anymore. Yeah, and I think that that's one of those things around um, some of this production side that, um, you know, things don't always go to plan and um, not only do you have to have a plan B, sometimes you have to have a plan C. Yeah, it, it's, it, it really is one of those things that, you know, you, you, you think things will work a certain way and it don't. I had another episode which I also recorded uh, earlier this year uh, with uh, Joel and Carvin, uh, who's better known as Boots McFarlane, uh, and I ended up going to a, a family wedding uh, in uh, regional New South Wales and got to where we were staying expecting to have internet signal, which we did. Uh, I could get emails, but I couldn't actually do Skype. So I had to actually reschedule that interview for a few days later. Uh, and it's just one of these sort of things that uh, um, it's, a, it's a real learning curve. Certainly from the point of view of the human hovel uh, track walk, um, this was very different in relation to the Bibbleman track walk that I did the year before. The year before I was getting into a town or going through a town at least every five, if not every eight days, so I was able to sit myself in a hotel room, record, uh, go through and put the podcast together, edit it, and uh, and release it. Uh, with the Human Hovel uh, Walk, I was recording, editing, and publishing uh, the podcast for that hike, um, actually in my tent on the trail. Uh, and that that was a again a learning <laughs> curve, uh, and it, it it was a good uh, good learning experience that that uh, that I will take with me on the uh, Australian Alps walking track next year because I'm going to have exactly the same issues, and I now know what I need to do uh, to be able to produce over a period of weeks. I've just remembered one one of the lows of the the podcast was probably me falling asleep in the tent on the human hovel track while. We were doing the podcast. <laughs> um, I did manage to cut most of the yawn out, but if you listen, if you listen closely, you can, you can just hear a bit of Jill's yawning as she's and then trying to in the morning. I said, did, did, "Did we finish the podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> so it's. Uh, I think it's one of those sort of things. Many of you actually may uh, know some of the podcasts, or you may podcast yourself. Um, doing it in a a home environment where you've got um, a, a nice warm room and you know you've got a good good internet signal as opposed to doing it in the middle of nowhere. One other thing I would actually comment on the uh, the recording of our podcast, and this is something that's very unique to the style of podcasting we do, is interviewing other hikers on the trail. Um, I'm a large male. Uh, I probably come across as a threatening presence when people first come across me, particularly if it's a, 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 sole, uh, a solo female hiker. So I'm, I'm very conscious about impacting on people's hikes uh, and I don't tend to put my fel- myself in people's faces and say, hey, this is who we are, do you want an interview? There is a process I go through um, and uh, sometimes it's a very short process when people know who I am. Uh, other times that uh, um, it might take a little while to uh, for people to, to warm up to me. 
And in that some respects, having Jill there with me as a when hiking as a couple is a bit easier. It makes me appear harmless. So. <laughs> well, it make at least less less threatening, or someone else is going to take control. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's um, there are all sorts of logistical issues with. Uh, uh, recording and editing and uh, uh, and getting podcasts where in the middle of nowhere it's it's quite an it really is quite an interesting process and I, and I must admit I don't think um, yeah I one of some of the podcasts I listen to are on how to do podcasting and this is a topic that's never really covered okay so I hope this has provided a bit of an insight into what we go through uh, as I said for us it's about a 10-hour process so uh, I'm not going to go through that whole whole sort of stage but at least it gives you an indication of some of the highs and lows we go through in trying to get the podcast to air uh, but I, I it's, it's something that I've really enjoyed and for me that the focus on the next 12 months is improving the sound quality where I can and to make it sound a, like a more enjoyable Enjoyable sort of experience. So hopefully, I'll, I'll get that uh, that goal achieved over the next year. In next week's podcast episode, uh, we're going to be talking to the Outward Bound organisation. And for many people who have been involved in the outdoors and hiking for quite a while. Outward Bound is a name that you may have come across but may not know too much about. This is an organisation that does outdoor experiences and outdoor training uh, and it was certainly, uh, we came across the, the, the Outward Bound uh, crew uh, at a, uh, a presentation we were doing and thought, yes, this is, this is something that would be worthwhile having a chat about. So that's next week's podcast episode. As always, this episode uh, can be listened to with all the others through the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au, through Apple Podcasts, through Stitcher Radio, through Spotify, and any a number of other podcatching services that you may go through and listen to. And one of the things that I must admit, it's it's probably not a huge uh series of downloads for us, but we're also can be listened to on Radio Australia, which says we must be, be forming part of the Australian culture if, if that's the case. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.